Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, I'm Caroline Stanbury, and I am divorced, not dead. I'm a former Bravo TV star and now former wife. Fresh off the back of my divorce, I'm bringing real stories, real life, real talk on all things that aren't said between each other, society, the sheets, and everything in the middle. And lucky me, you'll be joining me for the journey. So buckle up. So welcome back to another episode of Divorce Not Dead. And I'm really excited to be joined by Megan Wallace today. Megan, explain to everyone what you do. I'm very interested in this. Well, I'm I'm interested in uh, defining it. It's different. It's a moving target. It started with feng shui and it's kind of become its own modality. But basically... I can see blocks and I can recommend aesthetic cures. It really serves as a tipping point for getting people where they want to be going in the world. It's like, how do we work with the home we have now? And how do we prepave momentum to get to where we want to be in life? It's a product of my divorce, actually. Something I started playing with to um, cope with stress and it works really well. And then I just began to share it because it was working so well for me. How long have you been divorced? I've been divorced since 2015. So time flies. It does, especially when you're having fun. (laughs) And raising children. Yes. How many do you have? I have two boys. They're in the other room. Their homeschool just started. So pardon if you hear little peeps. They're six and eight. Oh my God, you poor thing. I've got two boys and they're 10. So I know exactly how it is. And they do not understand that mommy is recording at all. So you were married. What's your story? You were married for how long? I was married for four years. I never really wanted to be married and I didn't enjoy it that much. And we were, we met and got together in New York City. And I thought we had a great relationship there. We moved to Los Angeles with a then one-year-old and started renovating and changed everything. And I just don't think we had the foundation to really weather all of those changes. And we decided that we'd be better off as co-parents and we do a great job of that. So, um, I applaud you jumping back into marriage again. I'm, I'm like, maybe I'm ready for a relationship now. (laughs) I don't think you're ever ready to jump back in. And I don't think you're ever ready for anything. I didn't, you know, I didn't set out. This was not my intention to get divorced and then get remarried within, two years. In fact, I, uh, you know, I spent quite a long time 
figuring out if I was going to get out of my marriage. So to hop back in was, you know, the last thing on my mind. But you just never know in who you're going to meet. And the thing is, I'm just uh, a go with the flow kind of girl. So it happened. I met him and um, I'm certainly not going to so- let someone else whip him up because, you know, I can't make yes. up my mind. And, you know, when I might be ready, he might have gone. So I decided, you know what? sod it I'll go along with it and you know he's the right guy for me so you know it I is love what it is that I, I I think I'm I'm not dissimilar and I just haven't haven't had that experience yet but I've certainly had a bevy of eye-opening romantic experiences that I never would have checked those boxes but I'm so happy to have had them the last I don't know five six years I feel like I got my 20s in and um it's pretty cool to have your 20s after you have two kids and you're in your 30s. So it's super important because so many people don't get their 20s. And it's, I, you know, it's interesting that you've been through that. You started dating and you're happily dating. And I, I always say that, you know, like the end game isn't to settle down. You know, I didn't have no. this end goal. It's the end game is to know you. And I just happen to, you know, meet the guy that sort of completes me and my in my madness, which is great. And he allows me, I think, I think that's it to find the guy that allows you to be you regardless. So you found your gift after you got divorced, which is hilarious, of course, because, you know, again, you became you. So, and I think when we get married young, we sort of pigeonhole ourselves into being these perfect wives and the person that we think we should be rather than the person that we actually are. You know, all these different relationships that you're having now, I presume is shaping you into the woman that you want to be eventually. And they just, you know, a little bit of one, a little bit of the other, but you're not ready yet. But when you're ready, you you meet the guy that just, you know, again, I didn't go into this thinking Sergio was the one. He just sort of hung around and then he hung around so much. <laughs> we ended up like, it, it just works. It's like, we never discussed it. It wasn't that. a thing. I love that. I heard I was sending some DMs back and forth with one of your assistants and you guys moved in together really quickly because of the pandemic. And actually with my ex-husband, I moved in within a week of meeting him and he had a two bedroom apartment in New York city. I kind of moved into the guest bedroom. I was between apartments and that's how we got to know each other. And I thought it was one of the most romantic times in my life to like be cohabitating and have that incredible intimacy as you're getting to know one another. So, I mean, how has that been for you guys? Well, it is and it isn't because, I mean, it's amazing. It's amazing, but it's trouble. It's like you. I've got little people everywhere. So this amazing intimate moment is spoiled by three children running in and out. So it's a very different different kind of intimacy. I have to leave the door open at night or they all scream the house down. They want mommy, you know, mommy has to say goodnight 50,000 times. So it's a different type of intimacy, but it's actually wonderful because it means that he is thrown into my world straight away too my children. And it's quite a thing for a guy to take all of that on. It isn't like dating before where it's just about you and him anymore. Um, My house is a complete hub, which is why I'm so interested as well in what you do, because I do feel like I was never very, I'm not spiritual at all, but like I, I do believe something exists. And I, I had this assistant of mine that went a bit loopy 
I really, really felt her energy in my house at the end. And I feel like mm. Sergio and I are really, we really feel people that come in and out of our house and we have certain rooms and I had this house sage. So I'm fascinated and like what set this off for you. But maybe it is. I think, you know, getting divorced, you get hypersensitive as well about stuff. It's so bizarre. Yeah, it's hard to pinpoint, right? And I just wanted to say that I love that he's seeing your full life. I really work with my clients. Like we don't live on Instagram. We don't just get to selectively show someone one aspect of ourselves if we want to authentically date, if we want to authentically live. You don't need to broadcast all of it if that's not your style, but to have someone into your home, like you really, your home needs to exude who you are. Therefore, people in your space they know you if they're lucky enough to come into your home and be in your home. And I think that's part of that openness that you want in intimacy, right? To, to be integrated. There's a lot of disjointedness in our modern world of I'm going to say this, but do this. And I'm going to set up my selfie corner like this, but the rest of the house is a shit show. And this way of letting it all be integrated, I, I think is a big part of the work, right? Yeah. And it's, it's hard. Like if you look at, I have girlfriends of mine dating very successful men who are older and they literally get to live like a house guest. They get to bring their suitcase in yet not touch anything, not like really live in the house, you know, and everything's perfect. And my house. I dated the billionaires in the spec houses. Have you? It's it's a whole thing. They don't know how anything works. You know, it's, they're barely in LA, right? No old billionaire wanted me. So there you go. Never had one. (laughs) I've been through two and they weren't good fit. So we'll see. I just, uh, I just broke up with a struggling musician. So I'm all ends of the spectrum here. I'm unfortunately too loud and messy and not messy, but like in my own world to go and fit into somebody else's. And I think that's the beauty about Sergio and his youth and everything that like we can build stuff together. He's not, you know, he's so malleable and he's so like wants to do stuff with me and build things with me. Whereas I think, you know, when you've got an older man, it's hard to mold him and do things with him. You have to be sort of stuck in his world. Right. It happens. And that was my marriage. You know, he's 13 years older and it was a lot of, I'd say I wanted to see a part of the world and he'd say, oh, I, he used to play professional tennis. Oh, I've been there. He's been everywhere. Right. I've been there. You wouldn't like it. And it's like, well, I don't know if I wouldn't like it if I haven't been. And I think if you hear that enough, you're like, well, I'm just going to go figure this out on my own and find someone who wants to build in tandem, not they've already done it all. Let's take a little break from the show and discuss something I've been using for a bit. It's a free online shopping app, which is just genius. It's a shopping tool, actually, that scours the internet for promo codes and applies the best fit for your cart, which is frankly genius, whether it's from pizza to technology to uh, gaming, any product, fashion brands, even food delivery, Honey supports over 30,000 online stores. So imagine you're shopping on one of your favorite sites and when you get to checkout, the Honey button drops down and all you have to do is click apply coupons. Wait a few seconds and Honey searches for the perfect coupon for that site. If Honey finds a working coupon, you'll simply watch the prices drop. 
I mean, I've used it personally. So, you know, I use it for things like, as I said, I've got quite a lot of people in this house. So if I'm feeding them all for pizza, it doesn't sound like a lot, but it actually adds up and the discounts just drop off. I also use them for the headphones for my podcast, which, you know, I got $15 off. I mean, you know, $15 is $15. It's another pizza. Honey has found over 17 million members, over 2 billion in savings. If you don't already have Honey, you could be straight out missing out. It's literally free, installs in a few seconds, and by getting it, you're getting straight up discounts and supporting this podcast. I never recommend something I don't personally use. I love it. Get Honey for free. Join honey.com slash DND. That's joinhoney.com slash DND. Happy shopping. Let's get back to the show. When you say to me about re-going into a marriage with Sergio, you know, I thought about it long and hard. Like I can't take the joy out of someone's first time because I'm, you know, I've done it. I've been there, done it, don't care whether I've got the t-shirt, whatever. You know, I, I have to take his hand and like skip along with him and make it like the most exciting thing for both of us, you know, because it's important because it's his... I'm his choice. I'm the one, right? So, and I think it's so hard the second time not to do that to people. And I think that that's a very interesting thing. So there you go. It's the same with the travel, same with the, you know, it's just, you need to have fresh eyes. And that's what, you know, attracts me so much to Sergio is that every day, you know, things that I find old and boring, he can make me re-look at with different rose colored tinted glasses, because I'm like, you're right. It is a beautiful day out there. <laughs> okay. Let's go to the oh, beach. I love that. That's so important. And and that is the fountain of youth. You know, I think waking up each day and choosing to really see what's in front of you and not operate off of these old storylines, which is why I like to help. Most of my clients are women. I have men too, but help you see your space with fresh eyes. It means it's a reaction to where you've been, right? Our spaces are not, not set up to be where we're going. So how do you see through all of the justifications or what you've already set up and, and you choose to be open to possibility? It's this idea of, um, it's like, I, I, I love that you can see the world like that and it was love that did it for you. And I think it's a switch that gets turned on with us with how do we just choose to see what's actually there and and feel that it's open, open for the miraculous, right? Not already done and dead and declared. No. And if you, you start with a new client, so how does it work? I come to you and you start in my home and that's how you get to know the person or? There's an intake form and um, it's just a series of little questions that help me tune in. We just start where we start. Usually people are working with me because there's something they want to shift there's a place that they want to get to and, and they've tried a lot of different things. And almost all of my clients are seekers. And so then how do you work as the tipping point where we can start to open up? Well, I see energetic blocks. I'll see it's, you know, furniture placement or color or other more nuanced things. And then you take that block away, let the energy in. And if you're Declared intent is clear. I believe you've got to tell your energy where you want it to go and why. I use colors all through my house. Like, I don't know if you've seen my house on Instagram, but it's like pink and yellow and mint green. And it's like really vibrant. And it just, you know, no matter what my day, how my day starts, I jump out of bed and I see those colors and it just change shifts everything. And I think post-divorce, my space became so important to me. 
Is this the home you lived in when you were married? No. No. So you changed completely. Did you change cities as well? No, no. I just moved down the road. Actually, I'm in the same area, but I got a very modern apart house. And this is all my furniture that I had before. Oddly, it looks so much better in this house. I mean, it works so much more. I've got floor to ceiling windows here. And it's so bizarre, actually, you say this because I used to dream about this white house with like floor to ceiling windows. And I thought it was in Los Angeles actually, but it's here and I've got a beautiful pool outside. So everywhere I see it's like all glass and then it's all, you know, open up all the windows open. So from up on my balcony too, it's all glass and then everything is color and everything is pink. I mean, it's just, it's my dream home. Unfortunately, I rent it. So I'll be crying my eyes out when I leave here. But it is the perfect house for me right now and for Sergio and wherever. But it, I, as I said, I, I, I saw it before in my dreams when I was married. I saw this house and I saw, now I know it was Sergio in it. It was so mm. odd. I saw this like gorgeous guy in blue jeans, like cooking for me barefoot in the kitchen. Like, you know, and he does all this, you know, we're all, because we're very sort of barefoot in this house and sort of like, you know, we keep all the doors open we barbecue all the time and yeah he's really easy and he loves to cook as well and like and it's amazing because I'm like fuck I've seen this before and it really I really manifested it yeah and I think we we go about it different ways it can be dreams visions I'm not a mood board girl but I like to set up my current space to elicit the feelings of where I want to go and then I think my work really keeps me in intuitive alignment I think if you remove edgy blocks around you, your intuition can be really crystal clear. And just recently I've started having downloads of my man and of the home and like feeling like I'm in that home now and really seeing a lot of details fall into place. So I know it's like right here. And I I think we all can navigate that chasm between here and there in different ways, but that's, that's what I try to do with space and style and sex. How do we close that gap how do we make you believe that it's possible and therefore it is possible and then it can fall into place really effortlessly where in hindsight you're like, oh, I've seen this home before. It's been in my dreams. I knew my man and now he's here cooking for me. So I think that it's just a really delicious way to live life. Are you affected by a lot of other people's energy that come into your space? Well, I've learned to, I mean, I'm an empath and, and I grew up in a, a pretty chaotic childhood home. A lot of my work, I say this phrase, firm boundaries and wild freedom within. It's like, how do you have those boundaries as a human in your space? And then how are you just this wild creature within your safe space? I think we're all looking for that little nook of safety to then be as free as we want to feel. So I have my own ways of kind of protecting my energy. But what did you guys do when, did you just sage the house or did you change anything else? Like, when you feel someone's energy in your space and you don't want it there, how did you go about addressing that? I had someone come in and sage the whole house just to reset everything. I believe in energies, but I like my furniture where they are. So I don't know if I want someone coming around and shifting all my furniture. You can just see like energy. I like to reshift 
lots of things in my life. You know, when I, when I feel it, I have to clear it. I re- reshifted all my house staff this year. I reshifted my business. I reshifted, you know, sometimes when you have been blocked and, you know, things haven't gone right, you, it's time for a clear out, be that furniture, be that people, unfortunately, you know, be that friendships. Absolutely. It can be friendships. It can be, you know, it's like a toxic relationship, you know, at the end of a marriage is very hard to clear, you know, and getting that decision and taking that first step is one of the hardest uh, steps women will ever have to take. I think, you know, that, that first conversation you have, but when you've done it, you know, all these things come to you because you're on, you're unblocked. Exactly. And I have phrases, I say like pockets of discord or emotional landmines, like places or possessions that carry a charge and you don't know why or how, but you need to clear them out. And so even being really conscious as you split up your marriage of what pieces do you want to take? What do you want to leave there? You can just go off of a gut feeling, right? Like this, this piece I want, this piece I don't. And I found over the years of like certain things would have a charge for whatever reason, a breakup or a something would be happening. And as I let it go, you know, then you make room for more to come into your space. So yeah, absolutely. I agree with that. And I think there's something about getting the intuitive download, but then pairing it with the action. And a lot of women can get really overwhelmed, newly divorced, right? And then to, to take that catharsis of the action, seems like you're a real doer. I'm a doer as well. It's like you get the idea and then you do it. And that's how you stay in your flow. Well, I think it's so important because so many people don't and they stop and then they wonder why things don't happen for them. You have to take that first step. When I thought about moving out of the house, I always knew that I would be, I I actually put money into getting a bigger house and just thought I would work harder. And I actually hired myself more staff because I needed to go to work more. So, you know, I wanted to work harder and that's not to say I do not have a pot of money. I literally have to work harder, but, um, to pay my bills that is what motivates me. And actually one of the life coaches I was working with, she said, I'm so proud of you for not saying shit. You know, I'm going to fire everyone, do it on my own and like, you know, downsize and like save, you know, I mean, I do need to save, but like I, I, I went bigger and I put more pressure on me to perform more because I can do it. And, you know, then, and I, and I only ever think about me as in like, I don't think about what Sergio is going to provide for me at all because I mean, not because he can't or won't, but because I want to be able to do it for me. And when he's able to, and he's older and whatever else, or we're in that stage where I want him to. I want it to be by choice, not because it's going to change anything for me. Just teaching us as women, we have to rely on ourselves. And that's obviously what you went ahead and did as well by like leaving. Obviously, you've had very rich boyfriends and, you know, not so rich boyfriends. And you've, you know, like I I like to be able to have the choice. I want to be able to date anyone I want because I like them, not because I need to be with them. And, you know, you've turned your job into helping others, which I guess is in a way is like paying it forward. It does feel like that. It's like it it saved my life after my divorce and I want to share it. And it's not specific to people going through divorce, but transition change or challenging. I just broke up with this Italian interior designer and he was like, I don't understand why like you are assuming you have to do this all on your own. And I said, I'm not assuming that I want to build, I want to show myself I can build this 
business I can provide for my children. I have certain targets I want to make. And if I make them in relationship, that's beautiful, but I'm not, I'm not banking on that. I want that autonomy. I'm never going to give away my autonomy ever again. And I think unknowingly I gave that away in my marriage. I was young. He was older. I kind of just, I, I think I'm like you. I was like, okay, we can, we were in Paris. He proposed, let's just get married here. We ended up eloping in Santa Fe a few months later, but it was all this adventure. And then all of a sudden he's British and he turned very British after we got married and had a baby. And I was like, oh, wait, this doesn't work for me. I want to go build and do on my own. And I would love to do that in a relationship. And those are some of the pieces I'm looking to put together of, you know, how, how do you have all of that? I don't think that's too much to ask for that someone would respect that you're in a building phase of life and they want to either build alongside you or they've already built their empire, but they're going to give you that space to play and experiment and, and learn and grow. I think we're here to grow. All I want to do is grow and evolve and try to monetize it along the way. Okay, we're going to take a pause from the show today and discuss something you guys have heard me talk about non-stop. Well, frankly, girls and guys, it's because I'm in a new relationship. I'm very excited about all this. And it's called Woo More Play. It's the all-natural sexual wellness brand that takes your sex life to the next level. No joke. They've got it covered from start to finish with their coconut love oil, freshies, and now their quickies. So you can take your better sex life on the go which we all need if anyone has kids in the house. I really love their Freshies towelettes before sex because they're made with coconut water and they smell so good. I feel so confident, especially after a quickie between Zoom meetings, if you know what I mean. These days, I'm simply just keeping them in the car as well, just as an easy way to clean your hands after the grocery runs. And for the best sex ever, you have to, have to, girls, try the Woo coconut love oil it's made with organic coconut oil and even though we use it for everything like foreplay sex massages and whatever else it's edible it tastes like a vanilla cupcake no joke so i highly recommend tasting this one for yourself or testing it and if you love the love oil like i do woo's new quickies are a game changer these are cute perfectly pre-proportioned packs of the love oil so all you need to do is rip off the top and get going no mess no cleanup so sign me up Head over to woomorplay.com forward slash discount forward slash DND for 20% off your order of Woo or use DND at checkout for 20% off Play to start spicing it up today. That's 20% off code DND. Trust me, you'll be back for more. Happy shopping, everyone. Let's get back to the show. Well, I think that kind of scares a lot of men, the growing and evolving of women, because they can't understand why you need to do that if they're in that position themselves. They're like, no, no, we we got this. But actually, no, you don't, because we've all been divorced. So, you know, and we all know that when when it comes to it, we're not getting our hands on all them on all their money, nor do I want it or nor do I, nor have I tried to get it. So, you know, it doesn't interest me, but what it does interest me is being able to support myself so that if I want to go on and have another 10 relationships, I can. And that that's more exciting to me than anything else that anyone can offer me. And uh, you know, what you're doing is it's, it's something that can go on for the rest. You're only going to get better at it. Let's face it, which is what's so great about being, you know, doing podcasting, doing, you know, 
energy shifting and all these kind of things because they, I mind's really cathartic too. I get to meet amazing people and understand what you all do and realign at the same time, you know, realign my own energy. So I'm hoping, you know, can you see any blocks around me? <laughs> no, but I did, I did say we can always jump on FaceTime anytime you want. Um, I'm having like a real love affair with bedrooms and you know, bedrooms are where we start and end our day. So they're almost a microcosm of life itself. It's like, what do you first see when you wake up? What do you see when you go to bed? This is where my work's moving away from feng shui. It's like, well, what, what are the energies of your bedroom? Are they open to love? You know, if your bed is shoved up against the wall, like, what does that mean? Nobody else can get in. So I'm taking steps professionally to kind of give myself the legitimacy to create this niche field of science that links spatial energetics with erotic intelligence. And that probably involves going back to school and all sorts of different things, but no, it's like, it fascinates me. It's how I move through the world. And, um, I was wondering when you moved into this home and you set up your bedroom, did you set it up like for you to heal and be like, go within and have a quiet place away from the chaos of your life? Yes. Or was it like a very sexy open bedroom and, and you were envisioning a lover in there? No, I wasn't. I mean, well, I was because I actually found this house with Sergio. But again, it's very complex because I'd met Sergio before I moved into this house. We, oh, I didn't know that. We actually went, we were running together and we, he'd stay, he stayed because of COVID and we saw the house and it was, it was my dream home. And I was showed him and he was like, oh my God, it's just amazing. But the bedroom is like my dream bedroom. It's huge. And again, three walls of it is glass. So it's all glass with a big balcony overlooking the pool, which where we sit and have, you know, coffee in the morning and, and I've got a swing chair. And Love then the, the bed faces the window with a big palm tree outside the front. And, you know, you can get in both sides. I've got like, you know, blue and pink and, you know, baby blue carpet and, and fur on the bed. So it's really warm and really inviting. Sens- and Sensuous and, and tactile and playful. But at the same time, it is an amazing room where I go and sit and close the world out because as you know, I have three children. I have one, two, three other people that live in this house to look after us all. And then, you know, my boyfriend. So there's a lot of people in this home. So, you know, I'm never alone. And I think that is my sanctuary. My bedroom is so important to me. I have a huge TV in there because I like the one time that I really switch off. I don't even really read books because when I when I get to bed, I'm so and I'm talking so much on what I. This is my right. second podcast today. When I get to bed, I want to close off my mind completely. I don't want to think. And when you read, you kind of have to take it in. Whereas I'll put on some crappy TV show and zone out completely and just leave my body. I don't want to hear my name. I don't want to hear mom. I don't want to hear, I just want to be left alone. No, there's sanctuaries and I, and to have that separation, that work-life balance, particularly during a pandemic when the home is doing so much. I love to help um, people reset their bedrooms. A lot of people have hampers and bills and cribs and all sorts of things in the bedroom, right? That don't make it that space to zone out, recharge, feel nourished. I think back to the idea of, of home when we're children, it's our first imprint of home and our bedrooms are our whole worlds. And how do we recapture some of that playfulness as adults where we can go in 
and we're not depleted by our life. We're nourished by our life. And I'm always asking my clients, like, how do we make room for more, more love, more, more wealth, more anything. Right. And it sounds like your bedroom has a lot of room for more and you can go in there and just contemplate, which is, I think what we all love that. What's your bedroom like? I just reset it. I, um, I ordered a custom bed. It's very like eighties upholstery. It's pretty wild and it's small room, but windows overlooking a courtyard, this big bed, and then two kind of sentinel plants. And that's about it. But right as I put that bed into my room, one relationship ended, another little mini relationship started and he was all about interiors and he designs custom furniture. And so I I think it's always the mirror, right? This big custom bed, then this Italian designer, but it wasn't a good fit. So how do you work it then with, with relationships and what you do in your house, like letting them back in? Like if you've, you know, having a mini relationship, like with your kids there and all that kind of stuff, how do you work that out? I've been, as I said, very fortunate just to be able to transition into the next one, but it it normally doesn't happen that way. Well, I have 50, 50 custody and we live very close now. I got a hit that we needed to live close to their dad as end of 2019. I felt like something really bad was going to happen in 2020 and we needed to go bigger. So like tripled my rent to have a home with a yard to be close to their dad in Beverly Hills. And all that to say, business has grown since I've upped all of that. So I agree with what you were saying earlier. Sometimes you have to get bigger to hold yourself accountable to higher standards. And But um, with the 50-50 custody, I, my kids have never met anyone that I've dated. So I keep it very separate. I think if I was you know, with the right person and I'd want to mix the worlds because I do desire that with the right person, it would have happened. But so my mini relationships, my, my strange things are always when they're at their dad's house. So it's easy to, and then I have a little routine of how I transition the home, you know, when they go to their dad's, put things back in order. So it's in kind of my space. And then I do the same when they're coming back home. So it's kind of goes from kid's space to mom's space. So I feel like I just have two different lives. I'm either a single lady or I'm a mom. And the space has to transition between the two seamlessly. Because my um, ex-husband is on his own at home, you know, I he can't really commit to the same days every week because there's no one living in to look after them at night. And I understand that, you know, sometimes I would really like the the schedule would be so much easier for me if I knew they were gone this day to this day but I don't. And, you know, he kind of gets to pick and choose, which I've allowed and I'm still allowing, which means I get to do all the school meals. I get to do (laughs) all the play dates, all the, all the everything, all the scheduling, which means he just gets to call up and take them whenever he can, which is amazing. And he still, he does it like he's got them for three days now, but it's just, you know, even when it's three days and it's three different days, it's still, It's just not a routine. We've been co-parenting for five years and I think it was, and he married a woman with two children who she co-parents. And so for the first two years, we followed her custody schedule so that they could have like all of their couple time together. And I was down to do that. I was, you know, I think men are better when they're with someone. I was like, okay, he's happy. My life's going to calm down. But then I was like, I can't even book a dentist appointment. I don't know where people are going to be. I don't know what's going on. It's not making me feel like I can 
start my own life, you know, because I don't know who, who's going where. So we set up a custody schedule in 2017 that we still follow. It works for us. It works for the kids for now. It's a moving target, of course. But I think it takes some time to find that rhythm. And, you know, it's funny, the things that make you not work in a couple can make you very successful co-parents because we're both kind of control freaks. Works for this. It didn't work when we were when we were together. So sometimes I think that that's a, that's not a bad thing that you can move on to be amazing co-parents and hopefully friends, you know, because once you let go of the anger and the pain and both of you have moved on, you actually get the best parts of each other because he spent Christmas with me. We're still friendly. You know, obviously there are bits, sometimes we slip into old routines of talking to each other and then I he catches himself and he'll, (laughs) you know, he remembers that he's got to be cross. And then, you know, then we're like, you know, I don't know the other day by mistake, I think I called him darling on the phone. And, and it's just, it's so funny. So we spent 18 years together. You don't, can't just wipe that off the board. No, you, and you shouldn't. And you shouldn't. We had um, a nice little Christmas. The four of us got to hang and John and I were having tequila cocktails while the kids played. And I was just like, okay, we did it. We, we got to a really good spot and it was through a lot of work some legal advocacy, a lot of different things. And when you get there, it's really beautiful because that's, and that's what we want for our children, right? That they know they can see their parents. Yeah. They can see their parents and it should be for ourselves so that, you know, we're not, you know, we're not miserable. It only hurts us because we can't, get rid of the other person. We need to be able to work with the other person. We need to be friends. I hope, you know, whoever he starts dating likes me, you know, and he eventually will like Sergio. And, you know, that also removes the energy from your house. You know, kids can pick up on energy from your life. Yes. You know, I think you've gone through so much to get divorced and get to this place that to be held back by the energy of a bad marriage and relationship with your ex-partner where you're still in litigation and all these other things. And we we have enough stuff going on in our own lives to, you know, not to be able to deal with that crap every day. You just cannot. And I won't allow it into my house. It took me a long time to even have him in the house, you know, come here because I didn't want anyone, anything from my past in a way to mess up my future life here. But now it's all been, you know, we had Christmas. It was been great. Everything's sort of flowing now. We're all in our stride. You know, we're getting there. We're getting there. Step by step. And I think it's renegotiating boundaries constantly, which is why I like the metaphor of space. You know, space has walls. We need to have those walls with, you know, how we interact gracefully with an ex and and with ourselves and with other relationships. And, And I think that's part of, that beautiful learning curve of divorce that I don't think we talk about enough. It's so empowering to leave something that wasn't satiating, make peace with it and keep going. You can't undo it. You have to build on top of it. You have to integrate it. And, you know, we're all about these like fresh starts. There's layers of fresh starts, but you have to make peace with where you've been in order to get to where you're going, I believe. And just makes the road so much smoother, more enjoyable. A hundred percent. I mean, I do feel like the next step is the integration of whoever you meet with the kids. It's so, that is a hard step because obviously that's, 
you know, the longer you leave it, the harder it gets, actually. I know that. And I was really into this um, British guy I was dating on and off for a year and a half, but um, he couldn't do it. It didn't work. So what do you mean he couldn't do it? He didn't want to meet them or he just he met them and it just Mm. didn't work? He's, he's younger than I am. I, it doesn't mean, mean much, but, um, you know, he's moving back to England. It's, uh, so we couldn't get to a point where that felt like a good idea at the same time to both of us. It becomes such an obstacle in a way and like that you have to get over because I think if you make it this huge introduction, then kids are like traumatized too, because they're like, why is it such a big deal? And I thought about this a lot because I have male friends in my house the whole bloody time. I don't announce them to my children. I don't go, oh, you know, John's coming over. Watch (laughs) out, kids, you're going to meet him. You know, and I'm like, why do I need to make such a bloody big deal about the guy? You know, why can't I introduce him exactly the same way? And that, but this is before, you know, in my head, like, why couldn't he just walk in, be a friend sitting down at the table? Why do I need to make this giant, like declaration of love for this man straight away? You know, I don't. I dated a guy and we took them to the museum, but they were babies. And I think they thought he was like a manny. It's surprising to me. They haven't met someone. It just, it hasn't happened. And I don't want to do this weird sit down like mommy's special friend is coming over for ice cream or something creepy. They live with their stepmother. They live with, you know, so they're kind of like, Hey mom, where, where's your person? And I'm like, I know, good question. Where, where is he? And even with the, with the British DJ, they just wanted to meet him. They didn't need to know we were going to be together forever. And uh, they were just curious, like, who's, who's this person who you spend time with when we're at dad's house and, you know, all four of us have to be comfortable with it. And and three of us were, and one wasn't. So, you know, that's not, that's not the person I'm supposed to be with then. There you go. The energies weren't aligned. This has been fascinating. So I'm going to go and have a good look at my bedroom and I'll send you a picture and you can tell me what I'm doing wrong. I don't think you're doing anything wrong. I think you should look at my bedroom and tell me, tell me what I should do. Call it a young, hot, beautiful cook. <laughs> I know like yes I do I do pinch myself I know he's not a cook but I just love I want someone who cooks for me I love to cook I love food and I would I would love that I do pinch myself he's a young hot sportsman that wants to cook for me also wanting to like yeah service me I'm very lucky what I I'm sending you pictures of my bedroom we're gonna do the inverse here okay thank you for having me and I know it's late there thanks for staying up to chat Oh my God, you're so welcome. This has been much more fun than I I thought it was going to be. I had no idea what to expect, but um, that's the beauty of this. Let me know when you come to LA again. Let's go. I live right by the Beverly Hills Hotel. We'll go have some cocktails. Amazing. I'm always into cocktails. Actually, I was just booked to come and I canceled because I hear you're all on lockdown. So probably there is no cocktails right now. LA and London cannot get their acts together. They cannot. So you you need to get over here to Dubai and then we can have cocktails here. Okay. Thank you, Mama. Thank you. Lovely to meet you. Thank you for listening to Divorce Not Dead. Tune in next Wednesday for a new episode. Don't forget to subscribe, rate and review. We'd love to hear from you. Follow me on social media at at Caroline Stanbury for all the behind the scene action. 